Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Snipers. Oh, my voice is gone. Sorry. I was at the expo this weekend. Just got back late last night. I did a blitz hell of a trip, man. Uh, College Station to Denver. Mm, maybe 12 hours. Something like that. Anyway, it was a good old time. Oh, I'm getting blitzed, man. People are uh, people are texting me. It's Chris. Uh, Chris is texting me. Anyway, um, didn't do any recording at the expo. It was a little raw, but it was nice. I love the expo. Uh, it kind of has a matchy feel to it, an atmosphere. Uh, so the Precision Rifle Expo, MPA, Phil Cashin puts it on. And uh, this is what, four or five something. It's, it's building. It's growing and getting bigger. This time it was at College Station, Navasota at Triple C Ranch down there in Navasota, Texas. Uh, last couple years it was in Blakely over at Arena, and this time they moved it. Unfortunately, like weather just went right over the top of Houston and didn't leave, and it was cold, raw, rainy. But we had the tents, we had the ranges, the live fires. Everybody made the best of it, uh, catching up with people. And I did my classes. Want to thank everybody who came out for the classes. On Saturday afternoon, we went inside. Every uh, I missed some people. I kind of had a screw up in my timing and then ended up kind of giving a class in the corner of the big tent and didn't go out. So if I missed you out there, apologies for that one. But Saturday morning, first thing, full house, every seat taken, maxed out. Um, and the same thing in, in the on Sunday, we had a really great showing. I, I thought it was a good showing. I thought it was good despite the weather. Um, it, it just, I feel terrible because there's always this one thing hanging over the expo so it can't knock it out of the park. And it really deserves to kind of have it knocked out of the park. Because I do think compared to Slate, what I see at SHOT Show, I, I think the expo is a better uh, experience for everybody for the vendors, for the consumer, and for even guys like me meeting and linking up with people, being able to go hands-on. I mean, this is how good it is with something like that, that you can go to the expo, kind of wander in, run into somebody in the booth, a manufacturer, company, whatever the case may be, something, a product A. I'm coming to see product A. You can go in there and see product A, and if, and if you have like a live question you can go hey yeah what what can you show me and they'll probably walk outside and you go shoot it and do it I mean how awesome is that is to be able to I mean and it's so informal unlike shot show where you have everybody scrutinizing you because it's so big and so crazy and the badges and you can't go here and don't walk in there and don't go behind there and don't come in our booth and don't do this where the atmosphere is completely different a uh, lot of people out there, a lot of good times, a lot of great companies. Uh, I got to keep up with people. So um, that I want to really quick before I get too crazy here, um, I'm going to go over like a little bit of my class, what I did for that class. So this is the other beauty of the expo, if you ask me. So I do a fundamentals class or what they bill as the fundamentals. I, I wing it and however I want, but I'll tell you what I did in a minute. And then you have like Amo Praslik, right? Burger, Lapua, Capstone, AB, Applied Ballistics, King of Two Mile guy. He's the wind god spotter from the AMU. You get a wing class from him. 
I mean, how awesome is that, right? You can go into so much detail and questions and answer. Then there's like Kestrels there answering and bringing stuff to you. There's a Kestrel class, you know, hands-on. Katie's right there. It's like, what happens when I push this button? She'll tell you. You know, it's that good. Uh, they had a reticle class. Uh, Leopold, Night Force, since people had like reticles 101. There's optics peoples. There's manufacturers. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And it's it's just a really kind of cool environment. Like I said, it it plays like a match. You know, kind of like you're going to an event. It's got the tents. It's got the firing line. It's got all that stuff. But it's it's you can buy. Oh, my God. Wait till I tell you guys what I found and bought. Real-time wind. Yeah, man. Real fucking time wind. We got it. It's there. It's in my hand. I bought it. Way got some. I got some. I'm like on the phone like, oh my God. So those Calypso wind meters we've been talking about, the little impellerless Calypso wind meter, which is going to connect to my Garmin, right? It's a little bitty guy, little Calypso wind meter. Well, he has a big brother and his big brother. So if the Calypso is about an inch and a quarter round, maybe an inch and a half round, his big brother, we're going to call him about three, three and a half inches round. So I have an impellerless, wireless, Bluetoothy, whatever you want to call it, wind meter. I got a couple of them now with a connection point. I can string three of them together to a mile, real-time wind, shooter, target, mid-range, wherever you want. Got a weird terrain feature? Let's check it out. Real-time tracking, traveling. Then, on top of that, oh, ho, ho. boom, within the app, I can turn around and say, at this target, so you put the meter here and you're calling that a target. I can say I got a 0.2 mil, I want variation in there and tell me what the wind's doing in part, right? And then you can go 0.6 in the middle. All right, that's a little longer. It's going to be a little bit bigger. You hear what I'm saying there really quick, guys? Boom, I got 0.6 in the middle. Then I can go like one mil out at the distances or whatever. But it will track your drifts. Oh, so cool. I mean, the things I'm going to do with this guy out on the range is going to be insane. And that's the kind of stuff I find. I walk in the tent. First thing I see, real-time, live feed, wind meters to a mile. <laughs> Game changer. We are out. I'm telling you, world's over. Shit's changing. I got wind feeding me all the way down. God, I'm so looking forward to this. It's going to be pretty friggin' awesome. Ran into a lot of people that I never met before. Did a minute or so with Eric Cortina. Talked to him. And it's funny because like in my class, you know, I'm doing the Valkyrie stuff and I brought the Valkyrie with me. Emil got to shoot the Valkyrie because I was telling him about my load. 85.5's Burger. He works for Burger, right? 85.5 Burgers, buddy. And I got a Valkyrie. And guess what my Valkyrie's doing, Emil? I'm pushing 85.5's to 30.25. No pressures, no signs. Great accuracy. He's like, what? He goes, what? Reset that. I said, Valkyrie, 85 fives, 3025. Wait a minute. So he's talking some stuff. I ain't going to get into what he's saying, but man, right? Think about it. So 
that that. So I was out there saying to the guys how I just played like I, I my method, right? So I get the load from Kevin. Kevin draw me over there, sends me the load. He's like, hey, man, here you go. Boom, boom, boom. I recreate it. Well, I'm 3,100 with his load. And so I retune it up a little bit, rejigger it just a slight. Drop some grains, throw out some seeding depth. Now, I did like a 1.7, then like a 1.73, then like a 1.76, and then that 1.79 ended up being like accurate-wise. But it was kind of like inch group, three-quarter inch group, five-eighths. Okay, I'll take that. And I was done. I'm like, boom, I got a 1.795 seeding depth to jive, right? I got my grain drop, boom, 27.5. I'm in there all done, ready to go, but my accuracy is not amazing because I'm not kind of like tuning it for amazing. What did I do? I threw a tuner on and it tightened me up and I didn't even play with it yet. Just putting it on tightened me up to an acceptable point, brought me to just under half minute almost right around there, but now I can go tune it if I want. I can work on that tune a little bit. Well, that runs right up a guy like Eric Cortina's friggin' alley because he makes those tuners, right? So he goes, oh, man, I'm doing the reloading class over there. And guys came from your class, and they told me, Frank just did this. And I said, yeah, that's all I did, dude. I just dropped some powder in a friggin' case and seeded it and then kind of tuned it up, and I'm ready to go, and I'm not even worried about it anymore. My reloading's done. I have brass-prepped pine. I Remember I got those um, 600 rounds from Chris? pre-primed, ready to go, sized, everything. So all I do is dump powder, seat bullet, finished. Dump powder, seat bullet, finished. And I got like 600 pieces that way, ready, happy. So anyway, I don't have to fight it. And now if my gun changes, the barrel changes, something changes, I can use the tuner to chase it. So that was right up his alley. So you might hear me talking to Eric pretty soon about that, but I'll go into some more detail but my class, so originally my class was billed as the fundamentals, and I wanted to provide a little bit more, kind of a bigger overview of those fundamentals. So what I did is my class was WTF, right? So I'm going to break down the wind, then I'm going to break down the target and what we're doing for that, and then we're going to talk about the fundamentals, and with that fundamentals part, I went over my checklist, and I told them every little thing in the eval and what we're doing. So wind target fundamentals, when you look at that, one for me, wind is the wild card. If you did your homework, if you went to town and went through your processes, you zeroed your rifle, you got your data, you shot it to distance, you processed your, your data to so your computer. So now you've shot 100 to a thousand yards or whatever your distance is, you've taken that information, you've put it into your computer and you're good. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. But if you did that, your really only question should be wind. The target range should be a given. So wind is my number one. And in wind, we're looking at a couple things. We're going to look at wind direction we're going to look at wind speed. We want to calculate those gusts. I want to take it and read the wind for a minimum of one minute, right? And then I want to look at my high. I want to look at my average. And I want to look at my low. 
And I want to note those three. Those are the numbers I need. So when the things are kind of going back and forth, blowing in the wind, that back and forth, right? You have kind of a predetermined idea of what that looks like in your mind's eye. So wind direction, wind speed, the gusts, and then you got to look at terrain, right? What do I have a wind shadow? Do I have a Venturi where it's going to speed me up? Is there this? Is there that? Is there some funkiness going on? A tail hook, a whip, but I don't know. Is there something terrainy in my way? Why? Because wind is almost, not quite, but like a little bit water. If I have a nice smooth stream and I start throwing sticks and rocks in it, create turbulence and my stream is no longer nice as if I have a sandy bottom right sandy bottom stream water's moving nice and mellow across that sandy bottom stream well now if I throw a rock in there that's going to create turbulence and that's going to move the water around in funky ways so I have to look at that and and it's actually cool because we had a good question that came up from somebody in the class so you guys know I got big winds out here in Colorado I shooting them all the time And in doing things, we see certain things with winds that happen and certain things that don't happen. Like the heads and tail winds don't up and down like people say, unless wind can get under it or above it somehow. You know what I mean? But I've shot in a 45 mile an hour headwind, like knocked, I video, knocked my tripod over. We shot in that with our dope, hit a true tense chewing bar at 600. 45 miles an hour, two-tenths chewing bar at 600. We held 0.5 right wind because of the slightly left and rights, but it was only a 0.5 right hold, but I hit my chewing bar. So that goes against what a lot of people think. Well, then the question comes to me, well, I've seen a different. Okay, I've you've seen different, how? And he immediately says the first thing that changes everything. In my 22. Oh, wait a minute. Time out. Subsonic. Right? Subsonic. Characteristics change when it's subsonic. So it's longer time of flight with that subsonic 22. It's floating out there. It's tiny and light. It's going to get kicked around a lot more than a supersonic bullet going down there. Yeah, BC, all that stuff changes, man. It, so being able to talk to people like that and to say, yeah, you're, what you saw was absolutely right, but that was a subsonic 22. And you were shooting it the equivalent of a thousand yards in some pretty good wind. So your entire flight was subsonic, right? I'm shooting a center fire to that a thousand yards or whatever. I don't have those same characteristics. So I have to, I have to recognize two difference, but that kind of stuff. So we got, hang on, I dropped my paper. So we got, we got, we got, we got, I try not to say, all right, here we go. So we got that stuff. We looked at wins my wild card. Then what am I going to do? Am I going to hold? Am I going to dial? I got my gun numbers, right? I got to look at my information. Wind. I'm looking at the wind. Well then target right? The target we're shooting, WT, target. The location of the target, where is it in that terrain, right? Wind shadows, wind funnels, all those different things. The range to the target, where is it? 
Can I find it? How far away is it? How big is the target? What's my angle to the target? That angle as in wind direction angle probably, right? Then what's my dope for that target? Is there any slope to that target? So all those things have to be looked at. And in the class, what I did at that point for target range location is how did you collect your data? Well, I then broke out weaponized math sheets, gave everybody weaponized math sheets and showed them, this is how you dope the rifle. This eliminates the negative, gets rid of the weird influences, lets you see that. And then I gave them also the key point. Don't overlook the drop. The drop is going to tell you whether your numbers are right. It's going to go 0 0 0.8, 0.9, 1.0, 1.2, 1.4, 1.6. You know what I mean? It's going to go in order. 0 0.8, 0 0.9, 1.0, and, and so on. You can't have a hitch. You can't have a 0 0.8, 0 0.9, 10, 0.8, 1.2. Doesn't work like that. Gravity doesn't drop. You can't have a 0.8 between 10 and 12 or something. You know, so that's why you use drop to look at it. The weaponized math dopes your rifle. Perfect. Then you're going to take that data and you're going to put it into your computer, your process. From there, you want to check your computer. Because you might have to fine-tune BCs and muzzle velocities a little bit just to make sure that curve is as balanced as possible. The process, not an event. Got it? Process, not an event. So I go and make sure I, I get progressively smaller in my targets. Can I hit that little 1M away? Can I hit that sub-M away? Maybe try some UKD targets. That one's 833. Can you hit it with the 833 number on your computer? So you're looking at all those things. And that's what we spoke about. We spoke about that kind of stuff. So that was really cool that we're able to go over all that, show everybody, explain it, then the discussion of the fundamentals. Because it all comes down to your execution. Right? So our external bladder, 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 bladder our external data, it's going to be that wind and elevation, right? Range and drifts. We got the range to target and the winds and the drifts that are around us. We got to look at that. So we take care of that. Well, then it comes down to your execution, your fundamentals, how well you executed and what you did. And then that's where sort of the coaches and the different things come into play to make sure you're executing correctly. And that's my job. Right? Explain this stuff to you, get you up where you need to be, and then make sure you're in, in the proper execution mode. So that is, is how I approached the class at the expo. I gave an hour talk, had a little bit of Q&A, right? and I handed out a lot of that reference material, the Jackmaster stuff. Right, downloaded the win cosine, downloaded the gun number sheet, downloaded the two weaponized math sheets, one worksheet, one form. Give them to everybody. Dude, it's a 50 cent copy. Here you go, everybody. Have at it. Handed out some swag, sold some books, had a good old time with everybody. I like the expo. And the expo is going to be down there again next year. That's what I hear. 
I will be there, I'm sure, as long as my schedule is open. As If it's this time of year, my schedule tends to be open. But I like going to the expo. I like interacting with all you guys. I like seeing people that I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> it was fun. So... So there was there was somebody that comes out of the uh, the the Tennessee crew, but they're not Tennessee. They don't live in Tennessee, but they come out of the Tennessee house of mouse. You know what I mean? And 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 they're like, "Hey, it's good to see you. How you doing, man? Oh, how you doing? Everything's good. Yeah, everything's fine." And like, "Hey, you know, good to see you again. Have a good time. See you next time. Hey, you know, I'd see you more if it wasn't for your friends." <laughs> That's what I told them. Like, dude, I'd see you more, but I don't like your friends. <laughs> So anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. But I can see a lot of positives coming out of that expo. I really do think the precision rifle industry should be gravitating in that direction in sort of supporting the expo. Because, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's shooters helping shooters kind of thing. It's, it's a way to connect. It's a way to interact. It's, it's a way to take care of this stuff. And, and I really do think it 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 was a good show for, for people. Um, had a lot of connections with night vision and thermals there. Uh, the, the IRA company that I've talked about, the, um, the one manufacturer that was on the high that I grabbed, they were there. AGM, which is like the guys that Chris Roberts works with. So you had the IRA guys, the AGM guys, and then, um, Wisecover had Fusion. Fusion was there, which this is different. So I believe, I'm not sure where AGM's like chips and stuff come out of. The iRay is China. AGM might be China too uh, as well. I'm not sure. Uh, the guts of their therm, I don't remember. I could have asked and I didn't. Somebody can correct me, but I don't remember AGM's. But iRay's definitely China. Well, um, Fusion is Eastern Europe. The prices were nice. The units looked fantastic. And... I want to say this, because they're a single source that's coming here, it's like a direct pipeline. It's not like light optical works where everybody gets an OEM, which I'll talk OEM scopes in a minute. But um, Fusion's working solely with one group. They Americanized their thermals. And I liked what was there. Had an English menu, not a pictogram. It had really good resolutions, really gate controls. I liked it had an ex it had a, like a easy to reach, easy to use, micro fine like uh, focus and switches, video live. I'm gonna be doing some stuff with Fusion. I'll probably do some more stuff with iRay. I got to met meet the iRay people from China. They came over like the president. None of them. None of them speak English, so it's kind of like, okay, it's tough. But, I mean, to me, and, and here's the only reason. So, they're a bigger company. iRay here has a U.S. presence. You could talk to people and everything's good like that. But it's we're chasing chips, right? Like, the chip to see, you know what I mean? The technology, for lack of a better word. I tell them, you know, if, if you're in that night vision and thermal world, you chase technology. You chase the chips. And in my mind, China's the quickest, easiest, and best with a chip right now because they have all the chip factories, really. So I see a lot of pros that come out of that, that Chinese night vision um, in thermal market. 
because I do think they do like that audio video really, really well. And in my mind, thermal's more like computer than scope. You know what I'm saying? So like we can, we'll have, oh, there, anyway, it, it's, it, it is, it is what it is. It's just, to me, that's a place where I think those type of companies excel. Now that said, the Eastern Europe of the fusion is right up there and the prices were not bad. One of the bigger units was right at like five grand and, you know, like a 1280 type of system and all that. And, and it was really, really nice. I think the 640 was only like three. So with this technology jumping forward into the higher resolutions, you're seeing some of those mid-range resolutions that are great for what everybody's doing with them um, coming down in price. And so that's something that's really cool. And I like a lot where Fusion is with their clip-on. Their clip-on is excellent. Um, and it goes on like 56 uh, millimeter objectives. One of the things like with the iRay group, they had their adapters were very small for very small objective scopes because they kind of do the hunting thing where everybody looks at those hunting scopes with like 42 millimeter and smaller objectives, you know, they're like tiny and, and we're all running fifties to 56. And then you never get that uh, adapter that big with some of these guys, but fusion has those and they're solid. Uh, so I was digging on the fusion unit and it wasn't too heavy uh, to really kind of pull down on the front of the scope. I, I thought that, but he also has the mount, the dedicated and things like that, where you can attach to the rails and stuff, but um, yeah, I, I, to me, I'm seeing a big push right now. Like people coming at me, uh, thermal is getting a big push. So if you're into that stuff, if you're interested in that, we're gonna be exploring it. I'm gonna bring uh, the guys on from Fusion to talk to you guys. I'm gonna have some podcasts after the holidays here. We're happy holiday Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to talk to some different guys. We got a couple different interviews that are coming up. I'll be probably, I'll talk to Eric on his podcast, uh, Cortina. I have Jack from Quantified uh, Performance, the AR people. I'm going to be talking with Jack from Quantified Performance pretty soon. I'm going to talk to Fusion guys. I got a couple people from the expo that, are going to be coming on the podcast for you all. So if you get questions, things, you can go in the sniper side, go in the app. You can answer all that stuff up, but we're definitely going to go there. Then met some really nice guys with the OEM crowd for scopes. I am not against the OEM world and scopes. I think if you're a smart company, if you understand where to put your money, inspect them correctly, turts. Um, and you get good return to zero, you get good, uh, adjustments in your, in your clicks. I think you would do well. Uh, apex came out of Canada. Originally Texas distributors had a four to 32 there. There's other ones coming, but they had a four to 32 OEM right around that $2,000 mark. I'm going to be talking about, I'm probably going to go on a live or something with it. Because I'm, I'm home now and I'll start firing up some lives and showing you what I got. Because uh, I could show you too. And then if you, have, if you have the Sniper's Hide app and you've missed a live, if you go into the Hide TV link, 
the lives are saved and you can go back and watch them. You know what I mean? So uh, the, the Apex optics, I thought were really good. The reticle was right up there. Um, it was it was a decent Christmas tree with a floating dot, not overly busy or overly thick. You know, really good specs on it. And, and I liked where they were going. Like I said, originally the guys were out of Canada and I'll be talking more on them uh, pretty soon. And I know he put his distribution together and everything's set and he's going to be running his scopes that'll be coming into the country and out of to your hands out of Texas. So um, that was a nice little find there. Uh, that was definitely some fun stuff. And then also from a previous event, I'm going to be talking about not today, but in the next one, um, I met some 3D printing guys at Cameo and they sent me like a... a a reloading funnel system that has the interchangeable sizes. Um, so 3D printing a funnel, and then you just pop on whatever caliber you need. Great, digging that. They sent a, a prototype tack table because that's kind of it's going 3D printed now. I know, um, I know uh, Eli, the young kid Eli, does a tack table, and and so different 3D printed tack tables. So I'll play with one of those, and then they have a a sort of uh, a nice little 3D printed dope card holder that'll mount on the rails and the scopes and stuff and not something like simplistic like a wire tie with a index card, you know, a little bit more than that. So that came in as well and that I'll be looking at. But really, really uh, great time down there at the expo. I sat in, mostly kind of hung out at the Zeiss booth just out of convenience. We were running the Zeisses. I had the 6 to 36 on my... Um, Valkyrie and then on the Zeus over there we had a S5 that were with us and the S5 was kind of running around their booth a little bit uh here and there because I just had it out and anything but I I just it was just a function of they had people on the firing line and a couple empty seats and and they were in a dry spot in the tent so it was a nice area but uh, yeah it just sucks that weather will 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 kind of artificially dampen these things when Phil put on a really nice event you know, and I think they're only getting better in my mind. And you're seeing big companies there. You know, the MDTs with a full presence, Vortex with a presence, Night Force with a presence. You, you know, um, Leopold with a presence. Uh, there, there's all kinds of. Uh, there was scopes, the thermals, and night visions. They did a night shoot. You got to shoot them at night in thermals. You could shoot them during the day. I went and shot the fusion thermals uh, at distance to 500. Even because of the rain and everything going on, the plate was not heated up or changed in color. There was no sun on it or anything. And I could see the frame clear as day. You knew the plate was standing there in the middle. I, I've never missed the plate, man. It, 500 yards in that weather. Super cold. No warmers on the plates. Nothing to kind of make it pop. And I'm still able to engage so I thought the stuff was fantastic and had a really good time shooting that. I shot it with a 6GT. Um, always fun. Let you guys know what I was doing there. But uh, did that, did that. Like I said, I ordered up as soon as I saw those freaking wind meters, man. And they're they're not ex inexpensive. You know what I mean? I was like, I texted Chris. I'm like, oh my God, guess what's here? He's like, get some for me. I'm like, okay. So I ended up leaving with like a handful of them. So we're going to be daisy chaining these guys up and doing our thing with them. Uh, and 
I'm really looking forward to playing that win game with these things. I mean, we work win. We have no choice. We have it on our range. We got to work it. And this is just another tool that's going to be knocking us out of the park with it. That, that I mean, real-time, 360 directional wind with an app that's going to track for you. It, watching it move was cool as hell. You walk in and he's got the three meters there with the numbers and you're watching how the wind is pushing the number of where your wind hold. So you can kind of put a wind hold in and it holds it on target, let's say, like the, the, the icon. But as the wind changes and increases, as that wind hold is no longer relevant, it moves off the target to show you what it's doing. So the gusts come and you see it push off the plate. I mean, how cool is that? The guy even had one on a drone. Come on, man. He had it on a Mavic drone. He's, he mounted it on the top, flew the drone up, and then had the drone hovering there and he's reading wind. Hello. We are in high precision rifle times. You know what I'm saying? See, and this, I was just talking about this. This is the difference. This is why. This is what people don't get. I'm excited. I'm a fan. Right? Still, 20 years of sniper's hide. Doing all this stuff. Playing these games. Learning new things. Going around. Seeing this. Seeing that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I got to sit down with Amanda from Applied Ballistics. Her and I sat down for a good half hour, 45 minutes, just talking about even little tech stuff. Hey, are you guys doing this? How about that? What is it? Oh, dude, I love what you guys are doing with your academy on, on Facebook and those kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see it and I'm acknowledging it. And it's because I'm a fan of what they're doing. Now, I mean, do I agree with everything they put out? No, but that's the whole thing. It's meant to invoke debate. You know, can we go out and prove it? Can we go out and disprove it? Can we go do this and that? I, I always, you know, agree agree to disagree, agree with Brian on certain things. But that's the beauty of it. You can go to him. You can go to me. You can go to Mark. You can go to Chris, Chris, Chris. You can go to all these guys. You know what I'm saying? And... Get a different opinion. And then find what works for you in the middle. It's like, not, well, yeah, you might have at it. Wait one over the other. I got no problem with that. You can wait his opinion over mine. But then let's go out and shoot it. And let's see what happens. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? I don't need to write a ballistics book to tell you what I've experienced in ballistics over how many years, right? I have it in my head. I mean, that was the funny thing. I, I, I blitzed that class. I'm an hour, right? So I start the class off. I'm talking, boom, 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 boom. I, I, I finish my final thought before the questions come up and I pull my watch back and I was 50 minutes. And I was like, boom. By the way, did I breathe? Nope. Dude, I'm just boom, 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 boom. Rapid fire in that shit. Not going to a book. I'm not pulling out notes. I'm not freaking having stuff. Pre it's just, here it is. It's in my head. It works. So it was a great time, man. We had a really good time with everybody. It's good shaking hands. It's good getting to see Pete, Pete Carpentier from down there in South Texas, right? You don't see Pete all the time. But it's just catching up with people, finding out what's going on. 
hey, I heard you said this. I say this. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that'll work for you. Why not? I don't have a problem with you. You know, it is what it is. To each their own. I mean, that's the beauty of what we're doing. We're experimenting, right? We're trial and error. Hey, I'm going to try this tomorrow. I'm going to use this. I mean, I remember, and it's still up. I know it is. Go on YouTube page. Go look at the video. And I, in, in the, the background context of this video is crazy. There's a video, a Matrix video I did with Brian Whalen down at JP's Ranch. It's on my YouTube channel. And Brian had it all ready to go when I showed up. He's like, I want you to shoot this video and we're going to do it and do all that. And I really didn't have an argument for him, but I, we looked at it. I kind of swayed some numbers around a little bit. We said, you know, what's your matrix, your pros and cons of a six creed more? What's your matrix, pros and cons of a six, five creed? What's your matrix, pros and cons of the Valkyrie at the time? And it's bearing out. I mean, when we said it, it was huge ridicule. But like we went and moved forward since then. 3025 with an 855. I'm 6.9 mils to a thousand. No recoil. Amos talking about using it as like a silhouette gun for silhouette shooters. Because it has no recoil. But it still has speed and energy with a little 85 on a silhouette, only 500 meters, right? 500 meters, I was 22 to 500 at sea level. You know what I'm saying? I'm fast and flat. I'm one three at four. I'm fast and flat. And if I can hit a duck or a chicken or a pelican or whatever and knock them over without affecting me on a smaller, lighter package, don't use the gas or use a bolt. Hey, there might be something to it. Because here's the thing. Here's what I've been saying. Speed wins. That's it, right? Speed wins. And if it leaves the gun quicker, because it's a little bitty guy going fast, that means if you screw up, hopefully you screwed up after it's already gone. Now you still got to recognize time. There's time in that system from the moment your brain keys off that firing pin drop to the moment that bullet leaves the barrel, there's time. I mean, you got about a four milliseconds in your firing pin alone. Right? Time. Why the semi-autos aren't as good? Time. Because you got about eight to 12 milliseconds in the firing pin on a semi-auto. Four in a bolt gun, about eight to 12, depending on your trigger, in a semi. Time. But speed wins. The quicker it's gone... Why guys shoot the little mouse guns, the 223s, better than the 308s? If it's gone before you make the mistake, then you got a free mistake. Right? That's all I'm saying. That's why I say small light is right. Small light is right. A little quicker. I'm, I'm convinced, man. 123 to 136, that's where you want to be in a 6.5 Creedmoor. 123 to 136. I might give you a 139. Maybe, but a 136 has the same BC as the 140 class. Why would you go there? I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Little more speed puts you in the next node. 
Here's the thing is we have an accuracy node, let's say, at that like 20, you know, that people run up to. It's it's actually a little lower. Let's call it like the 2550 to sort of the 2750. So that 2550 to 2750 is going to give you a certain amount of performance. Well, once you jump into 28 and above, well, then that performance changes. You're almost like another notch up. You know, you don't have a five-mile-an-hour gun anymore then. You have a six-mile-an-hour gun now. You know what I mean? If you're in 2550 to 2750 with a 140, you're a five-mile-an-hour gun. You know, you're like a 5'8", but still a five, really. But if you bring that guy up to 2650 or 2850, 2800, you're the next gun up. You're faster now. Because BCs are tied to speed. And I want speed because that's going to make me predictable. That's going to make me accurate. And it's going to put me there quick. Time of flight, right? Less time of flight, less effects of all that other crap. I'm, I'm, I'm Captain Obvious here. Captain Obvious. But got to be said. Anyway. I enjoyed the expo. I enjoyed meeting everybody. I'm going to be breaking down more of this stuff. Uh, I'm going to be talking to these guys. I'm going to be bringing some of them onto the podcast for you. I'm going to be jumping on the lives a little bit more, but we're going to get through this holiday week first. And then we're going to start with the questions and answers later, right after. But we're on it. We're jumping on it. All right. Cool, man. It was it was really great running into a lot of you guys down there, the ones that I saw. Um, it, it was a fun time. And I won't get into, there was some dramas. Uh, not drama. I don't want to say drama. Um, there was no drama as far as people around there. But there was stories. You know what I'm saying? We always hear the stories. You get the, you get the insider details of stuff that happened. It's like, hey, did you hear about that? I heard a piece of it. What's the rest of it? And when you hear the rest of it, you're like, oh, fuck. That was crazy, dude. Why the heck did that happen? You know, so it's a time you get to catch up. It's a time you put names to faces. It's a time that you get to do all these things. But I, I really enjoyed it. We had a good trip down. We had a good trip back. Um, got home quick. I, like I said, I, 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 I cannonball run that thing. It was, it was like cannonball, cannonball, cannonball. I gotta go. Well, I took those kind of sideways roads, so none of you uh, working guys can stop me. You know, I don't want any of that stuff. Stay away from me. When you see that chalk Porsche go by, ignore it. Anyway, so where else am I? Um, I was supposed to, Chris was at the range today. He sent me a video of um, proghorns running through. Well, he's like, movers are going by. A bunch of proghorns are running right through the middle of the range. They always do. But anyway, I didn't get a chance. Like I said, we're just unwinding. We're coming down. Got holidays, getting everything ready, uh, putting stuff together, ordering new swag. Oh, Friday, I set up a store. I'm going to have a full-blown merch shop that's going to be taken care of. We've been piecemealing Sniper's Hide merch, piecemealing it. Serge has been doing a great job. You know, he does the hoodies. He does the mugs, the Yeti cups from Josephat over there, those nice engraved ones. I just bought like three cases of books, sold a whole bunch of books to bring books on the road with me and stuff like that. But I got linked up. Through Surge, to, I was like, we were like, hey, we want to do another run. He was like, hey, man, I could do another run, but I got a guy. And I'm like, you got a guy? He's like, I got a guy. And the guy does merch for bands. And he, because bands are flaky like me, right? He goes, bands are flaky. You're flaky. Why don't you let somebody run? I said, absolutely. Happy to do it. 
So we will be launching a merch shop. I may have it fired up for Black Friday. Hoodies, swag, shirts, things like that. Then we'll start putting together some designs. Start bringing you the sniper side lifestyle. Lifestyle. Anyway, that kind of stuff. Uh, People ask all the time. And unfortunately, I never have it. But now we're going to start focusing on it. I'm going to start to do a lot of those little things that I wasn't doing because I was on the road, but I'm partnering with these people that can kind of take the ball from me and run when I disappear. So that's going to be the, um, the key to doing the merch stuff. So we will have a merch store that's going to be dropping and, um, ah, God, what else? Uh, I don't know think that might be it for today right now. At least that's the stuff that's on the high point of the top of my mind. I wanted to get this out before the holiday. Uh, um, I didn't do it on the road. The, the Texas roads are fucking terrible to make noise. They, they It's that cheese grater roads that you guys got. That everybody's got blown tires on the side of the road. Um, so it's just way too much road noise to try to record a, a podcast. And then just the way things were and and everybody kind of because of the rain it was noisy and I could have gotten a car or something and podcasted somebody but it, it it wasn't the right time for that and and we were doing other stuff plus you always have somebody hey where's Frank come over here I want to show you something hey where's Frank come over here I want to show you something hey where's Frank come over here I want to show you so there's always a lot of that too and so that that becomes one of those things but we'll be doing better if I if we can sort out a better signal at some point, I know they'll probably be live streaming down there, but I had no bars. That's the other bitch is I had said to somebody trying to reach me and it's like, you don't understand all the places we go to shoot like long range shooting well are out in the middle of nowhere because we need the property. And those places tend to have really shitty cell service. Like one bar if you're lucky. You know, you stand over there, you got a bar. You stand over here, you got no bars and and that kind of thing. And unfortunately, almost everything we're dealing with now wants some kind of connection in order to make it kind of functional and happy. And yeah, I can do stuff manually that way. But like a live stream, you can't live stream from there because you can't get a signal out. So unless they sort something Wi-Fi, Starlinky or whatever, uh, I didn't have any kind of Wi-Fi that I know of they had and and I only had a bar so I can't do any live stuff uh yet but we always you know we got things and we can work on it anyway thank you guys for listening thanks you guys for sharing thank you guys for still sticking around and 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 being here and part of it I really appreciate that stuff uh over on the hide everything's cool come on over see me I've been popping in almost every other day type of thing and saying something somewhere and um, yeah, I just got a little bit more of this. And then Chris and I are, are God, man, we got both feet in this thing so much. I mean, it, it, he, we made a point because it's the down season. It's this. He's like, man, I got to have a schedule so that I go out and I'm motivated to do these things when I don't have to do these things right now. And I said, well, let's motivate in each other. Make sure we do at least one day a week out there and the two of us get together and 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 work on some of these things we're working on but we're ready for you all i mean come 2023 the rifle craft usa uh when you see that stuff on chris's website straight dope and all his podcast over there we're ready for you we, this is going to be a great experience 
uh, if you want to learn how to not only shoot your rifle better, but get some of these techniques up, but then become a better comp guy. Be able to be how to execute on command with a clock hanging over your head. Because the thing is, it's on command. Can you execute on command? And we're designing this to make you that guy that'll execute on command with a clock hanging over your head. You know, so it, 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 I'm really looking forward. It's it's nonstop what we're doing, what we're talking about uh, right now and, and where we're getting ready to go with you for 2023. So have a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe. If you drink, don't drive. If you drive, don't drink. Right, right. Be safe. Be square. And, and, and let's go for it, man. Have a great time. Cheers.